HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Myriad Restaurant Group, whose restaurants include Tribeca Grill, Nobu, and Batard. For more information, visit myriadrestaurantgroup.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, February 1st, 2017. This is the 131st episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is an amazing independent photographer and author who's best known for her iconic portraits of renowned chefs, celebrities, and influencers, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to not undervalue your services. If you've worked hard, earned your credentials, and paid your dues, you deserve to be compensated fairly. Take pride in what makes you unique and your service is valuable, and own it. Never underestimate your worth. You know how good you are, so stand by it. That is my tip today. Now, I'm thrilled to have my guest on the, sh- on the show. It is Melanie Dunay. She is an independent photographer and author who travels the world on assignment, reporting and f- photographing the most influential and powerful people in the public eye. In addition to her magazine clients, she has worked with top advertising, entertainment, corporate, and music companies. She is the author and photographer of five books, including My Last Supper. Her work has led her to appearances on Mind of a Chef, Top Chef, Charlie Rose, The Today Show, and many more. And she has also received numerous photographic awards. So welcome, Melanie. Thank you for having me. What a wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I, I cut it a little short from, <laughs> from there was more, more out there about you, but um, 
because your career has been so impressive. And uh, no, I'm just honored to have you here. And I, I want to, you know, I don't know your story. Like, I don't know how you got into photography and where you grew up. So I like to start out with, with my guest backgrounds. So. Well, I grew up in downtown Chicago, and my oh. uh, I, my parents were very keen on sending me away for the summer. So between camp, I would spend a month with each of my grandparents, and one of them was in Des Moines, Iowa, where my grandfather was the political reporter for the Des Moines Register. And um, I would follow him around being a mini-me reporter. And he was very insistent that while I was following him, I would actually be very thorough in my reporting and also encouraged me to take pictures because he was Depression-era minded and um, believed that no one would send someone to actually photograph and shoot the story. So I'd have to do both. Oh, wow. And it was, um, I mean, it was a little bit slave drivery, if I might add, <laughs> because when when I would arrive, he insisted that to improve my style, he would give me, you know, those le- l- yellow legal pads. Mm-hmm. He would give me a big yellow legal pad and say, here's Huckleberry Finn, copy it. And I was like, oh, happy summer to you too, granddaddy. (laughs) So that's how I got my start. And, um, you know, from there I went um, and took photography classes and studied photojournalism, got my major in photojournalism and French just in case, you know, the picture thing didn't work out. And, uh, you know, packed up my trunk and my pillows and moved to Paris thinking I was going to be the Henrietta Cartier-Bresson, you know, the female version of the most famous um, documentary photographer and quickly learned that I couldn't survive in Paris. I looked too young and um, I couldn't keep up with the slang. You know, the language kept changing. So I um, hightailed it back to New York and I had read that Madonna, I read in American Photography Magazine in 1994 that Madonna had a party for her sex book. She had a book called Sex and she had a party at a photo studio. I remember that book. So I went yeah. to the... Um, I went to the photo studio and I said, oh, Madonna Hunter Party, you obviously have to work here. I don't know anything about indoor lighting. I know how to be a reportage photojournalist. I don't know how to, you know, send me to war fine, but I don't know how to light a tomato. So I got a job working there, which was so not glamorous because I was snaking toilets and I was buying Naomi Campbell a Big Mac and I was doing every single job that there was possible. So even now, sometimes if I run into someone like a Donatella Versace, she looks at me like she recognizes me. She doesn't remember that I went out to buy her Harvest Crisp, you know, <laughs> chips. <laughs> wow. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost speechless. I had no idea that was, that was your story, and that's incredible. So, so what year is this around about? Well, I moved to New York in 1990, I think four. I'm a little bad with time, okay, but okay. Let's, let's call it four. So then what would you say is your, like, how you got a break or uh, to get, you know, who was, who was your first big, big shoot or someone that you think, I'm still waiting know? for that. <laughs> oh, come, oh, come on. Um, I, well, you know, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, giving people breaks actually. And, and I'm grateful for the ones that I was given. I, I think the first time I was actually published in a magazine was Jane magazine, um, okay. And I was, it, there was a guy, can we swear on this radio station? You may. Um, so there was a guy, he wrote a book called like, what the fuck or something. And Jane magazine commissioned me to photograph him. And I remember being so nervous. 
I think, you know, there were a few of those really young, you know, Mirabella magazine. I was hired to shoot Grace Mirabella. You know, there were a few of those moments where the opportunity came up and I just had to grab it. Yeah, and you did. And hope I didn't get found out. <laughs> well, well, you... You're an excellent photographer, so I think you ha- you have an eye for it. You obviously, I think probably over the years, things changed or up with more experience. But what led you then into the culinary world? Well, I um, so I assisted for a few years. I assisted a lot of photographers and the you know um, great ones like Richard Avedon. I was lucky to see all these people work, and I sort of got pushed into the very portrait photography, the old school Annie Leibovitz trajectory. Like you will be. A woman, and you will, or not woman, a photographer. You will have three photo assistants and a stylist and hair and makeup, and and I sort of, um, I got this really cool call from Ruth Rachel, who I always say her name. How do you pronounce her last name? Can we get it on the record finally? Well, I'm um, certainly not the best person to ask, but I say Reichel. Reichel. Maybe she could. But I've heard you listening. Will you call in and tell us? Yes, yes, Ruth, if you're listening, I love it if you're listening. Ruth Reichel is what I hear most of the time. Um, so she called and um, asked me to shoot some chefs for gourmet and gave me no brief and said, I've seen your work and I want you to shoot um, this section that I have. Here are nine chefs. Go shoot them. And I was like, wait, what? OK, wait, uh, there are no publicists here. There are no I mean, this was in 2000. Mm-hmm. So there were no I mean, chefs were not what they the, the right. It was a different world. And I went to photograph these chefs, and I was absolutely smitten. There weren't all these people around. They were so open. And I had this sense that there was like a, I don't know, a, a movement happening. I, w- I, I could feel this, I don't know, I sniffed out like uh, something's happening here. There's something going on with chefs. And you so right. I, I was right, <laughs> knocking on wood, also known as my head. Um, so I just felt it was so important, and I became fascinated. And the chefs, you know, kept saying, "Well, I mean, the first time I met Marcus Samuelson, I just looked around, and I, I remember thinking, oh, well, he's from Ethiopia, but he's cooking Swedish food. Obviously, he has to be wearing a salmon turban.' And Obviously. I said, "Hey, would you wear a salmon turban?" And turban, and he said, "Sure." So then I went to Mario Batali, and I was like, wow, he's kind of, I don't know who he is, but he seems like this great Roman gladiator. Here, will you put that on your head? And we put, you know, some, I can't remember exactly what, radishes on I his was, head. Um, yeah. You know, and then, so so I just, I was, it was the best use of me ever. Go and do what you want and th- have open subjects. So I did that, and she said, holy smokes, this is so good. I'm putting Mario on the cover. And it's only the first time. I think it was the first time that a man, not a chicken or a turkey or <laughs> pie, had been on the cover. And so she put Mario Batali, and it was a big deal. Huge. Yeah, and so I thought, wow, this is amazing. Like, So I sort of kept, you know, I lived a double, I still live a double life. I shoot a lot of food and a lot of celebrities, and then I shoot chefs, and then I shoot tomatoes, you know. So I sort right. of have um, a very, very varied career. Yes, you do. And I mean, I know you, obviously, from, from the food world, and so I was thinking back, I mean, I, I, I wasn't sure the year, but I saw your my, my Last Supper book, 2007 was when it came out. So I've had the book since then. And I have i didn't know you at the time. I think I just got the book. I was flipping through it and noticed it has all your signatures in the front. It has Eric Repair's signature in this. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a signed copy. Oh. 
And it, I mean, it's been a coffee table book of mine forever. I love, I love it. I've always loved that book. So that, and, and the photos in it are so, every chef is, it's, it tells a different story and they're so unique and creative. So from, from the gourmet, is that kind of, I mean, am I jumping ahead? Is that how you came up with the idea with My Last Supper? Um, or? No, I was actually at my wedding, um, and Anthony Bourdain was there. We were in India, and I said, you know, this chef thing is amazing. We're friendly, and I said, this is amazing. Like, these chefs, I feel like there's almost a revolution here. There's, And the, I went to the bookstore, and there was no book that incorporated them all. There were individual people selling their individual cookbooks or books about them, but there isn't one that gathers them all together. And, hey, you're not eating sashimi for breakfast and pig ears. You're eating, you know, cereal. And I, so I, if I put a gun to everybody's head and said, hey, I, you know, what's your ultimate meal? What's the, you know, because to me, my last supper is just about the ultimate. It's not a death wish and it's, you know, it has a right. dark uh, over, you know, the, the overtone. But it really, you know, my idea was just to ask six simple questions, which were, what did, what would you like to eat? What would you drink? Who would be there? Who would prepare it? Would there be music? You know, it was very simple premise and then the chefs would reveal themselves and when I would read the answers that's how I would get inspired of how to take the picture but sometimes people would made me interview them on the spot and that was stressful um Jamie Oliver was one he said oh mate you know I want to like talk talk it out and then we can do the shoot so I did not know what to do so I I looked for the world's biggest um Union Jack flag which I found at the U.S. Embassy in New York I bought it, and I hung it up, and it was absolutely enormous. It's like, I would say, 100 feet by... It's huge. Yeah. And so I sort of met him outside the studio. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, hey, let's have a coffee first, and, uh, you know, I have this idea, and, you know... But if you see it, you're like, well, there's kind of no going back. And he loved it, and he did it. But, you know, thank goodness his whole Last Supper was about his championing food and being British. Yeah, no, it's it, every story. It, it's incredible, and I think you know, flipping through it, it was even you have Michelle Bernstein in there, and she looks like she's like wearing her wearing her pajamas or just sort of like hanging out with her her mother and homie, and then um, I don't know. There was Anita Lowe in there. I, there were so many, so many. Oh, and there's a new something, but. Um, and I wanted to ask you about Anthony Bourdain, though, because that picture, I mean, I don't know if the word provocative or what, what's the right word, but I mean, I think it takes a lot of trust with, the sh- with, with and you, uh, you've earned, you somehow figured out how to earn the trust and, and also be so creative with these ideas. Is that, was there a process in that or, you know? Well, I, I think that in everything we do, I mean, I look at my work as, and this is so cliche, so please don't turn off the radio after I say this, but, you know, it's a story. It, we're telling people stories, and you have to tell them the true story and the authentic story, and taking the picture is not about me. I, I don't want you to look at that picture and think, wow, Melanie got him to do that. I want you to look at a picture and say, that is Anthony Bourdain. Wow. I want you to look yeah. at Marco Pierre White and say, wow, that's Marco Pierre White. I don't want you to look at it. Um, so, the, you know, that there's that truth element is, you know, you always have to have your subjects maintain their dignity. And if you ask them to do something or have an idea and 
they don't believe it, you can see it in their eyes. So it's not worth pursuing. And I learned very early that if you ask someone to, you know, you, you go in with this great idea. Let's say I had this huge, you know, the flag for Jamie Oliver. Right. And it was stretched across the whole studio. And he said, no, I have to be able and be prepared to drop the idea, scratch the idea, not cry <laughs> and move on. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, trust is a, a, a something that I hope people trust me when I take their picture because I don't want them to lose their dignity and I don't want them, I want to show who they are. Yeah. No, I, I think you, you're incredible at doing that and you do do that with your photographs. And so you have this, your the, the, what came after my last supper, your next book, the next course, which you just handed to me, which I hadn't had in my hands, but it's another another beautiful book. So this was this was your I mean, was it was it were people asking you you need to do another book? Um no 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 they weren't <laughs> <laughs> Well I would have I would have um, I would No, I, I actually did a book in between. Um I had found that in my other life, you know, I talked about my dual life where I photograph a lot of celebrities, I was doing a lot of country music albums and or whatever you call them now. I don't know. I don't know. Is, uh, CDs or I don't know. In your other life. In my other life. And I don't know Um, that much about that life. So (laughs) So that's cool, though. In part of my other photography life. So I did a book about country music. And um, I wanted to explore how huge country music is and how um, it's one of the most... um, It's a huge American tradition. And it's uh, something I knew nothing about. And I couldn't believe it. You know, I took one, I used to shoot Kenny Chesney, who's a big country singer's I, album cover. I didn't, but I do now. I know who he is. And, That's very, It's very cool. It's impressive. I, and I would post a picture, you know, on my website back in those days, and I'd get like a million hits because yeah. he was so um, popular. But country music wasn't really in my heart while I was doing this book. Food was. So I found myself wandering around Nashville or Austin looking for food, like, you know, right. compulsively. <laughs> so I thought, you know, there's so many. Oh, I didn't get Robichon. I didn't get Marco Pierre White. They have to be in the book. They have to be in the book. And I just started to make a list. And I went to my publisher and I said, look, I really think there's a follow-up. There's another course, which I called it the next course. And she said, Melanie, sequels don't work and food is dead. <laughs> ha ha ha! <laughs> My Who face. Right. I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think so. I just don't think so. So I, you know, worked by magic, aka stalked and plagued her, and she allowed me to do after the country music book. I did um, my last supper, the next course. Well, just flipping through it, I for, I see you got a. Um, Massimo Bottoro and and I mean tons. I mean the people in both both the books. I mean they're very high caliber, amazing chefs and people. And so um, good for you for pushing along. Thank you. Persistence is my middle name. <laughs> that could have been my tip. Another week I'll <laughs> use that one. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna take a little break and come back and talk more with Melanie. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. of men and women who shed not only their clothes, but also their... 
We are proud to count the Myriad Restaurant Group as a business member of the Heritage Radio Network. Created by renowned restaurateur Drew Nieperent, Myriad consists of a diverse roster of restaurants, each one unique and memorable. Delicious food, excellent service, and genuine value are at the core of Myriad's storied history. Tribeca Grill, celebrating its 27th anniversary, helped define the Tribeca neighborhood and is the perennial winner of the Wine Spectator's Grand Award. Nobu New York has innovated new-style Japanese cuisine for over 20 years and is now joined by Nobu 57, cooking Nobu's revered signature dishes. Batard, serving modern European cuisine, was named the best new restaurant of 2014 by Pete Wells in the New York Times and best new restaurant in America in 2015 by the James Beard Foundation, as well as earning a Michelin star. Myriad also serves up great ballpark dining at the Porsche Grill at City Field and tasty burgers at the Daily Burger in Madison Square Garden. The common thread is to be a good citizen in the communities they serve through the support of numerous charitable organizations. For more information, visit myriadrestaurantgroup.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Melanie Dunay. She's an incredible photographer. We're talking about her books, and um, you're telling me off the air about you have a stalker? <laughs> <laughs> we were tra- trying to decipher some chef's signatures in one of the books, and um, yeah, there's this guy who shows up every once in a while. He carries My Last Supper 1 around at all times and he has almost every single chef has signed it. And he um, he pops up, he's very strange, and he pops up a lot on Twitter. He's got a few anger issues, but he'll show up at anything I do if I'm like at Borders signing or whatever. He'll be there. He'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Wow, but he doesn't. One fan. It's, it's not for me, it's for getting the book signed. Yeah, well, I well, I could, but I could see like trying to get all the yeah. signatures being like a mission. Yeah, but but for people who don't know, this is it means it's a it's a very large book. Yeah, it's two point two pounds. <laughs> it's not it's not something that's going to fit just in in a regular. No, he should carry his bag. Kindle around. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's cool. Um, so so. Other assignments and things that you work on with besides books. I know you're you're freelancing now. You're traveling. You're. I mean, mm-hmm. do you just how? Yeah, tell me about things you're working on now. Well, I um, you know, I'm so lucky that people humor me and let me do lots of different things. So, and I feel that sometimes the story is best told with my voice. Sometimes with my pictures. Sometimes with my words. Sometimes my, you know. So it's not. I'm ju- not just a photographer. Sometimes I do performance art. I just did a very interesting piece over at Morgan Stern's um, Finest Ice Cream, where I um, they do a lot of collaborations with people on flavors. So they said, you know, we were talking about doing a collaboration, and I said, I know for sure I want my flavor to be under the cherry moon because I love Prince and I love purple and I like ice cream. So this is a no brainer. But then I started to think about how interesting it would be to be allowed to stay in some place regular after hours alone and to see what you would do. So I convinced them, and I have a, I'm working on a project now called Crash, where I actually am crashing and sort of trespassing and get to stay the night and see how it feels. But um, And it was incredible. The first one I did, I slept over at Morgan Stern's, but I actually never slept. 
because I sold my flavor for charity. We raised $1,000 for the edible schoolyard. But I ended up scooping ice cream all night long. Well, it's I stopped by. I was you on. Did. I That's did. Right. I did. It was. I wanted to go, but I was. I was Thank on the you. early side, and the, the, the ice cream was delicious. First of all, right? Um, and it was cool. So you were up all night, all night long. I mean, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I would think maybe you could take a nap sometime late, Me unless too. you had a friend that you also had people coming people by. Coming. You had Mari Batali That's coming right. by, Gail Simmons. I mean, I saw these. Yep, and then at. Uh, Two o'clock in the morning, Gabrielle Hamilton and Ashley Merriman came with dinner from Prune and gin and tonics. At 3 a.m., Angie Marr from the Beatrice Inn, who I actually don't know very well, showed up with bags and bags of hamburgers. Um, my friend came wow. with his, Ian Daly came with his guitar and uh, laser and played Prince songs. And so I was actually never by myself. And I, I thought it was such an interesting thing again in you know you have to make sure that your perception what I thought the piece was going to be is not what the piece was yeah and you know and that's sort of such an important part of my work because you know when you you know you're interviewing me now I'm sure this is not going at all what you thought I think you thought it'd go better no No, it's 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 that that it's it's a live show and it's a conversation Mm -hmm. so yes as much as I can write down questions mm. and plan. No, I'm we're we're going we're mm-hmm. feeding off each other. So, I get that. And and that's what makes it exciting though and and also real, mm. you know? So I, I um, the crash project is very interesting to me. The whole thing's being filmed. It may end up being in a museum. I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure out what it's going to be. But the next one is I'm manning a cereal cart in Times Square overnight. A Kellogg cereal cart. Ah, okay. I've so been that to the cereal be, store. Yep. So that will be very exciting. So that's something I'm working on. And then I have a really nice column over at uh, Eater um, called Little Gems. Uh, because I noticed that I really am drawn to these tiny little establishments that are brilliant, delicious, where the people are hardworking, but they've never even heard of PR. And they always have great stories. So the first one I did was about a cafe in El Paso where um, called Rosita's, and Rosita's had the place since she was 15. It's a tiny tiny restaurant. There are maybe six tables. She's there. She cooks. And um, nothing is more than $8 a plate. It was so delicious, Sherry. Like, I couldn't believe every bite I was taking. So I wrote about it, and um, a friend of mine who had taken me there went back down and said she's doubled her business. Wow, that's the people awesome. are coming, I love that and story. she's serving the dish that we that I highlighted mm-hmm. every single day. Um, and so today, who knew? But there's the oldest cheese shop in America, in Little Italy, in New York. And it, two years ago, it was bought by Tony Danza, the actor Tony Danza. Okay, and he's there working, saving, preserving this authentic Italian establishment in trying to keep you know some some of the old stuff alive. So that came out today. So that's a, a column I'm super proud of. I write and photograph that. Then I go check it out. Who's the boss, right? Who's that's the boss? That, right. was the, that was the last thing. <laughs> it was kind of a frantic shoot because it was at lunchtime. Uh-huh. And they have a lot of food tours and people want to see Tony Danza. Right. So I was sort of stressed out. And my one of my assistants leaned over and he said, who's the boss? 
<laughs> like, who's the real boss? <laughs> Which really made me laugh. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's, yeah. Mm. Good assistant. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about social media and now that everyone has a phone and taking mm. pictures of everything. I mean, I'm... I love taking. I actually, I love taking pictures. I I take pictures of my food all the time. I I actually love taking nature pictures, probably more than food pictures. But I'm continuously posting food pictures. It's what I do for a living. It all ties together. But like, how do you feel about this? Like that, everyone now is a photographer in a sense. Well, it's. I wrote about this actually when Instagram first started for Ad Week. Um, I'm all for it. I think it's. Listen, has it changed my um, career, yes. Has it um, rendered me less busy? Yes. Because now every, listen, slap a, one of those filters on any picture and it'll look 10 times better. There's so much, um, there's so many tools. tools yeah. I, I love the idea of people communicating and exchanging with photographs. I just love it. I love that I can, oh, Sherry, I can remember you. Then I can go and look through your whole thing. I, I have no hesitation. I like everything. Like, 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 like. I don't, I, I put the stuff on there that I'm proud of or the people I'm proud of. It is not my photographic portfolio. I have two websites, melaniedunay.com and mylastsupper.com. I do not see it as a place to promote my Work. Mm-hmm. I rarely do. I pr- I share the things that I really believe in. So if I really believe in one of my stories, I mean, I always do. But you know, I just I don't. I'm not um, very calculated about it. But um, I approve of it. Okay, I think that's a great answer. And I think I don't know. You I you have an eye for it, and you have a, a, you're very creative. And I find I love following your pictures on Instagram because I yeah. find there's always uh, I don't know what the right words. It just it's um, it's impressive. Like I remember I ran into it La Bernadette, and I saw you the picture you posted of the fish that I had. And my picture is basically. The, f- the fish on the plate and yours like you had I don't it was like the knife and the fork and this it was it was like sexy it was like it was awesome so no. you you the way you think um impresses me when you take photos well that's that's nice I mean it, my photos should be good they're not always good but I also you know I believe that you're sharing a moment and and I'm sharing what I felt at that moment I'm not trying to say, hey, everybody, I was at La Bernadette, because you'll see many nights I don't post. Or mm-hmm. if I'm with somebody privately, I don't post or I don't. Right. Um, and I, I I, believe also, you know, I, I've lost thousands of followers from my political views, which are actually quiet. But then you shouldn't be following me because mm-hmm. you, you have to believe and want to be part of what I'm doing because I'm not doing it for you to like me. I'm doing it for you to join me if you want. Well said. Okay. So let me ask you, I have two questions from my guest last week. I asked her two questions. So I feel she was like, Oh, I'm going to ask two questions. So I had on Allison Arth. She's the founder of salt and row, which is a hospitality consulting company based in San Francisco. First question. What was the last dining experience you had that felt impactful and why? Well, um, my, <laughs> my trousers are tight, so that was the impact. <laughs> I stuffed my face at prune last night. <laughs> um, no, that's a silly answer. No, it's um, a good one, though. But um, I, you know, I do go out a lot. I don't, um, I, my favorite meals are the meals that are 
not just with one plate in front of me where I can have tons of tastes. I'd rather order 12 appetizers than one big thing. Um, and I, I'm very moved. I mean, Prune is a place that I always feel comfortable um, at home. I feel like there's a genuine story behind each dish. I love to hear the stories. There's actually a dish named after me there called the Dune Bone. And the reason is that I was at Gabrielle's house for Christmas and um, dinner didn't get served till midnight. And when they brought the dinner, the the ribeye, it was all sliced and I just picked up the bone and started eating it. (laughs) And that's a great story. That's a great story of friendship. And she has these um, uh, pistachios that they make there. And because it reminds her when she was 19 and she was uh, living in Turkey and that's what they used to do. So, you know, that place always moves me a lot. It's 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 a gem. I mean, it, she's she doesn't need PR, mm. but <laughs> no, it she, is a gem. Mm. Um, okay, the second question is, who have you enjoyed most photographing and why? I mean, are you trying to get me fired or something? I didn't ask it. I didn't ask it. Um, oh, I you know, yeah. I am such a fair weather. Um, I always sort of fall in love a little bit. I usually do with everybody. Each person, I'll walk away. I just photographed this fabulous director for The Hollywood Reporter called Bill Condon, and he created Beauty on the Beast, and he did the Academy Awards, and I walked out there. I was like, I love him. Uh, you know, so I, I usually love, you know, all of my subjects. I, I really do. I, I love when, they, when they're open and when they're nice, and then when they're mean Buttheads like Gore Vidal was, then I, I, it, it's reflected in the picture. Yeah, they, I get my revenge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you answered those very well, and that is. Uh, now we're going to take a little break, another break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to play my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Melanie Dunay. It's time for my speed round game. I'm ready. Are you ready? I love a game. All right. So I name a couple things, either or preference, such as chocolate or vanilla, and you just name your favorite. Okay. Ready. Okay. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Both. 
wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Not mocktail. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> You're so funny. Have a tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Small. Communal table or chef's counter? Communal table, but sometimes chef's counter because you can really see the whole. So both. Okay. <laughs> Am I cheating? <laughs> I don't have rules, so you're doing just fine. <laughs> Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. The Tracy Anderson method or Soul Cycle? Tracy Anderson. That was, see, that was an easy one, right? <laughs> I know you work with her. Um, I have in here black cherry ice cream or soda. Oh, um, ice cream, but I do like, a, when I'm feeling really disgusting, a diet cherry soda, dark I, cherry soda. I like those, and I haven't had one yeah, in a really long time. Really, I mean, they're so They good. are good <laughs> for diet, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan cocktail. <laughs> Fantastic. That's the game. I won. What's my prize? <laughs> well, your prize, your prize is that now we get to talk industry news. <laughs> it's not that exciting of a prize to come up with. Actually, I have to bring you a hat, and I don't have any with me, but that's the prize. Okay. I have all in the industry hats. Okay. You're getting one. Deal. You've heard it here first, people. Yes. Yes. Hold me to it, <laughs> listeners. Okay. So, industry news. Um on Sprudge, which is a coffee website, they had a story how Joe, Joe Coffee's Jonathan Rubenstein, Investment, Expansion, and Staying Joe. That was the title. So this is about how Union Square Hospitality Group has invested in the mini chain Joe Coffee, um, which is – I've always been a huge fan of Joe Coffee. It's a beloved um, mini chain. There's 14 of them. There's two in Philly, um, four, 12 here. And – Jonathan Rubenstein, I've met him before, and he's he's a super nice guy, a huge fan of Danny Meyer, super nice guy. So this is sort of like the nice guys uh, collaboration is my summary. Yeah, I mean, I think that, <laughs> first of all, I love their coffee. There's one on Waverly, I think, and I go there, yeah. and it's delicious. It's smooth and yummy, and I buy it and make it at home. And I'm not um, sponsored by them, by the way, but I'd like to be. <laughs> um, uh, it's them or Abrasso. Um, but I think Danny Meyer is Literally, every time I see him, I have, you know, four words. Please adopt me now. I And you could add in and Sherry, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's just such a wonderful um, person. I think I like the way he operates. I like he... And I, it's mindful, so it make, it's a perfect combination. It makes sense. It does. I mean, I think they're saying... I mean, the article is saying that Joe Coffee is it's not... Nothing's really going to change. It's still his place. It's still he's going to run it the way he does. They, you know, they have a little more money to do expansion and to to update it. But um, I think it's exciting. And then the other the other news part of this is how Union Square Hospitality Group is opening daily provisions, which is uh, their own coffee place. It's going to have Joe's Coffee, but it's uh, it's by the new Union Square Cafe, and it's opening I think later this week. One thing that I liked about that article was that Danny Meyer, um, you know, one of the questions said, "Will Danny Meyer will they be serving Joe's Coffee in all of Danny mm -hmm. Meyer's establishments?" And I was so happy. the The answer was no. 
I'm going to leave it to each individual place to decide what coffee they want to serve. And I thought that was great. I did, too. I'm glad you you said that because I was thinking they were saying that, like, he leaves it up to the the chefs and managers at yep. his restaurants and a lot of them have long-term relationships with their coffee purveyors uh-huh. and it's not like now that we have this partnership it means automatically that you have to use this coffee so but i'm available for partnerships danny meyer in case you're listening oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes um okay so that's exciting for them um the other article i had is is very sad news it was in the new york post how rayo's owner frank pellegrino senior He's died of cancer, and he was 72 years old. This came out yesterday, and um, he's one of those was one of those famed restaurateurs. Everyone knows Rayos, and um, I was lucky to go to Rayos like finally about a year and a half ago, and the hospitality there was incredible. I mean, once you're in, <laughs> well, I've never been. Oh, really? Nope. I got lucky. A friend who got in, invited me. So I had my, my one-time experience. But it's like, um, they're a legendary restaurant, and this is, I think the industry is very sad to, to, mm, to definitely. hear about I mean, this. It's, it's sad on so many levels. First of all, the cancer, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just sickening. And to lose a legend like that in, you know, in this industry is sad because something that can stick it out for so long is pretty special. Yeah, I agree. So... Our condolences. Really sad. That note, we're going to take one more break, come back, and do my solo dining experience. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. So this week, it's at Bunker. Here's the rundown. The location, 99 Scott Avenue in Bushwick, Brooklyn. The concept, a cool spot for Vietnamese plates with thoughtfully sourced ingredients. Why did I go? Because I've been meaning to check out its original location for quite some time, and they just moved to Bushwick, which is nearby here at Heritage Radio. My experience. So last week after my show, I took a 15-minute walk to Bunker's new location. I was warmly greeted and took a seat at the bar. The server and the bartender were very nice going over the menu with me and helping me decide what to get. So what did I get? I had the Ban Chow Chai, which is a Vietnamese pancake, and the Tom Ko Thai, which was caramelized wild shrimp with heritage pork belly, basil, and caramel sauce. I also had artichoke teapot, which is a traditional caffeine-free Vietnamese tea made with flower leaf and steam. And I never had artichoke tea before. It was Mm. good. 
So my take, the fried pancake, which I was instructed to eat with your hands, so I did. I made a little sandwich with the lettuce and herbs that it came with. It was quite tasty. And the shrimp were great. They're very flavorful in the sauce reduction, which was this caramel sauce. The ambiance. It's chilled out with a low-key vibe and good beats. Perfect for authentic Vietnamese food to share with friends. Interesting tidbit. This new location is three times the size of its original Ridgewood spot, and it will feature an outdoor seating area and roof deck when the temperatures warm up. Personal fun fact. So before that 15-minute walk, pre-dinner, I did stop at the Swallow Cafe, which is my favorite go-to coffee shop in Bushwick, and I did some work there. I go there a lot. The cost, $41, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, I think it would be good to go with a group of people so we could share. Their website is BunkerNYC.com. Have you ever been to Bunker? I haven't. I'm this going one's, now. <laughs> this one's very easy to get to. The other one, I think, was somewhere somewhere out there. And, mm. um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's great. So, Okay, it's time for the final question. Next week, my guest is Ellie Krieger. She is a RD nutritionist who is the host and executive producer of the public television cooking series, Ellie's Real Good Food. She's also well known as a host on Food Network's hit show, Healthy Appetite. Uh, So, Melanie, can you ask a question for Ellie? But is she going to be listening now and cheat her answer, or is it going to be sprung on her? Well, I'm (laughs) going to tell it she may be listening. (laughs) I mean, of course, she's listening. <laughs> and uh, I may I may give her a hint of what the question is before the show. Okay. Unless you don't want you me to. You didn't give me a hint. <laughs> well, actually, I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't, wa- you didn't want the hints. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Right. I, didn't want, I didn't read the email yeah. people. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I prefer to just have It was an option. It's an option. Okay. So Well, I, I, I yeah. would like to know um, if um, she... Well, what would I like to know? I'd like to know... If she eats raw cookie dough, <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite question of all time. Okay, because so, you know that's we know that yeah. that's a guilty pleasure, and it's not necessarily healthy, and it also could be potentially unsafe because of the eggs. And I've experienced that after I've eaten lots of it. So that's my first question, and my second question would be, what? Um, what does she force herself to eat every day? You know, what is the one wellness thing that she really, you know, like, for example, yeah. every day I eat a spoon of honey bee pollen because it's really good for you. Okay. I'm not sure it makes any difference, but um, so, you know, is there something that she hasn't, what are the things in her routine that she doesn't, you know, I, I make ginger and lemon yeah, tea yeah. and like, what, right, are the, right. what, what, are the, what are her little, what are her little secret things that she does? That's great. I, I mean, I could just ask you to ask all the questions for her and just like <laughs> take it, take it away because this will be this will make it for a very entertaining show. But um, I will ask her those too. I can't wait to hear the answers. Whether wh- and yeah, whether you want me to be spontaneous with right. it or not, but right. I might give her a hint. <laughs> and that is the show. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming out here. As I've said. I've always been impressed with your work and everything you, you do, and you're lovely, and I'm just glad that I've gotten to Thank know you. you over the years, and uh, I wish you much continued success. Thank you. And you're you welcome. Too. Thank you. My guest today has been Melanie Dunay. She is an independent photographer and author who's best known for her iconic portraits of renowned chefs, celebrities, and influencers. 
You can go to her website, MelanieDunay.com, and also MyLastSupper.com, and follow her on social media at Melanie Dunay. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My website's BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. You can check out all of our archive shows. They are available at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes and on Stitcher. Thanks to my engineer, Vitor. I'm Sherry Bayer. I will be back next Wednesday with another live show at 4 o'clock. Hope you'll tune in then. Until then, have a great week. Thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.